what's going to happen yet. Art doesn't know. It's, he's relying on the Holy Spirit to, to guide him. So however he is led on the 14th at 10.30 a.m. service, that's what we're going to do. Uh, hopefully we don't throw anybody off too much. But I don't know what to expect. That's a good thing, right? We don't want to put God in a box. And then at 5.30, we're going to come back and we are going to just let the Lord move. And um, I'm expecting, if you know people who are sick, I mean really sick, bring them. Get them in here. You know, if they, tell them mask up if, if that's what they need to do. Uh, but get them here. And this guy... As you can see, he's been a missionary uh, healing evangelist, and now he's a pastor in Detroit. Uh, he and John Mark Baker, we used to support John Mark when he was with Chi Alpha up in the Sioux. Uh, John joined his team down in uh, Detroit, and they're doing an amazing job down there. Uh, however, this guy's so young. He's like my son Andy's age, or Troy's, somewhere around 35, and he's already been all over the world, as a missionary, uh, he started an orphanage that's just, it's doing wonderful, and I believe that's in Africa somewhere, uh, and all kinds of other stuff. I don't know how much he's going to be able to share, but you're not going to want to miss this. So 10.30, Feb say that with me, 10.30, February 14th. Thank you. <laughs> See, I was just testing you. <laughs> I've got that stuck in my head because it was Valentine's Day. March 14th at 10.30, and then again at 5.30 p.m. that evening. So you're not going to want to miss either one if you can make them. Um, I'm, I'm going to get this over with because I've had so many good comments about this. If, yeah, thank you. Who's, who figured that out? Yeah. It's lit. The flame is the eye. Get lit for, somebody in here, and I, I don't want to name names, so I don't know if she'd be embarrassed if I said it, but thank you. You know who you are. Uh, somebody had this made for me, and I'm just, and it fits. <laughs> it looks awesome. Uh, thank you. Thank you for that. One more thing before I get started. I know, you haven't started yet? Oh, great. It's going to be one of those mornings. So, Thursday, I went to one of our sectional pastors' meetings, and uh, we had a great turnout, and my daughter-in-law was there, and some of the people were sharing testimonies, that was part of the, the plan, uh, what God was doing with them, with their church, etc., and she began to share what the Lord had done in her life, and my, my daughter-in-law, Shannon, has gone through a, a lot. Uh, and she'll share this with you. Uh, but she was in depression, uh, had to go through all kinds of stuff, and was ready to just give up, as so many people often do. They just say, you know what, I can't do this anymore. And when she shared her testimony and how God gave her the victory, this was last week. I looked at her, and, and I knew the, the Holy Spirit said, ask her. She needs to come to your church, too. She's at her church today sharing this testimony. And I said, would you come next Sunday? What is that, the 7th? 
and share your testimony with our people and just let God move. And she looked at me and she goes, I knew you were going to ask me. <laughs> I love it when God moves. 28. Thank you. Hey, see, I'm so far out of it. What day of the week is it? I don't know. So I don't know what next Sunday is going to look like either. We're going to let her share from her heart whatever God puts on it. And I told her, I said, I'll back you up. I'll be there when you're done. I'll be ready to do whatever needs to be done. Or if you take it to the conclusion, that's fine too. So we're just going to see how the Lord moves. But if you know people who are struggling with anything like that, you know, bipolar, depression, uh, any, any of those emotions that are just so hard to deal with, make sure they're here next Sunday. They don't want to miss this. And I think, I believe the reason God challenged me to ask her was that he's going to have an anointing of healing Get the word out. Hallelujah. Father, we are, again, just humbled to be in your presence. And Lord, as your firecrackers, as your uh, light upon a hill, Lord, may each of us find our place. Lord, we humbly come to you today and say, Jesus, have your way. Speak in and through us. Anoint this man and the words that come out of my mouth, just as you did with Isaiah and that hot coal, Lord, that only what you want coming out comes out of this, this mouth this morning. We love you, and again, we commit the people of the hope, those listening online, into your hands. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. So this is actually uh, part three, as you can see. If you haven't been here and you missed a couple, go back and listen to them. That's what I love about the live stream is everything's archived. You go back, and by the way, you can listen to the whole message, meaning that you can uh, wait for the five-minute countdown or not, or you can wait and go through the, the worship part of it. But you don't have to. If you're trying to get to the message, just fast-forward it. Or if you just want to get to the worship. Some of you, are, you're here for the worship. You can do that online, too. And just go right to where the worship starts. How many knew that? All right. How many didn't know that? Because some of you had told me that you were waiting for that five-minute countdown. And I was like, well, you know, you can just take that little bar and go. <laughs> anyway, just a little acknowledgement of technology. Not that I'm all that smart, that's why Andy's here today, because I'm not all that smart. Everybody say, good morning, Andy. Good morning. I don't know where he's hiding, but he's in here somewhere. And he's hiding up here? No. <laughs> what are you pointing at? Squirrel. He's behind the curtain? Man, you're sneaky. Oh, he's in the nursery with Isabel. Uh, and, and she stole my heart. Oh, man, I'm telling you. I did not want to come to church this morning. That little girl can eat. Goodness. They gave her one of these gigantic Costco muffins, and I think she ate that whole thing. And they gave her eggs, and she ate all that. And then she had a tangerine, and she was still going to town when I left. I'm like, girl, she's one. She likes her food. 
But Andy, God bless them. Uh, they're here so that they can fix some of the things that we've had issues with. Uh, and, and I really greatly appreciate all that he does for us, even from a distance. Uh, he, he just serves this church, and you know we're blessed to have him. I wanted to share two quotes with you that I've already shared, but I, I felt they, were, they should be repurposed. What is my purpose? What would you have me do? Say that with me. What is my purpose? What do you have me to do? God, what do you have for me? What, what is my, why this? You know, there's got to be a reason that you created me, and I want to know what it is. That's our job, by the way, to figure that out. I mean, he'll try to guide you there, but you've got to do your part. You can't just sit there and expect the Lord, to, like he did with the Bible, to draw it out for you. All right? So, so do your part. Go after this thing. Second, and I shared this from uh, Oz Guinness' book, The Call, he said our life purpose comes from two sources at once. You know the first source, of course, is God. Because He created us to be who we are, and He called us to be who we are. Those two things. He created you to be someone that you are, and He's now calling you to be that person for the kingdom of God. But it's our responsibility to take what He's given us and to figure out how do we use this for the glory of the Almighty. How do we use this to advance the kingdom of God? So our life purpose, again, comes from two sources. God first created us, and then he's calling us to be that person. The two are intertwined. Why is it important to know your purpose? There's peace. When you know what God created you for, there's a peace that comes with that. There's a, a, Jesus said, I came to give you life, and life in the full, depending on which translation you listen to. That fullness comes when you fulfill your purpose. But you've got to get to that place. And, and I hope that you don't get worn out with this, because this is so important. Every single one of us needs to figure out, what is it that I'm made to do? My daughter-in-law got, how many remember the Lincoln Logs? They've come back. Did you know that? They're, they've remade them. They're coming back. And, and she gets this bucket out and dumps the whole thing. I mean, there's like maybe three, 400 pieces in there. Some of them, I didn't even know what they did. She figured it out, but I couldn't. My point is, each of those little pieces had a purpose, depending on what you were going to do. Each of us has a purpose depending on what God wants to do with us. He's going to fit us in. He's going, to, he's going to lock us together and build this church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. When we figure out what He wants to do with us, we're no longer scrambling around, wasting our time. Too many people do that. And I'm not telling you to... Don't enjoy life. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is be more focused on your kingdom calling than on your worldly calling. Amen. On what you want to see done in your life. 
When you put God first, everything else will fall into place. I've proven that over and over and over and over in my life. A missionary that we support, uh, Randy Marin, and he's been here, I think he was here a year or so ago, and he's the guy that's doing uh, uh, the Syrian refuge, uh, Refugees Need Hope. Recently, he sent an email out, and I love this. He said, the biggest question is not really, does God have a plan? Would you agree? I mean, we know God has a plan. It's right here, <laughs> right? But how will we respond to that plan? That's the big question. How will you respond to that plan? Our answer will determine the destiny of so many. Do you think that the person that led Billy Graham to the Lord had any inkling in their mind that someday that man would lead hundreds of thousands of people to the cross? And yet, God could do that with us. Or one of you could be the next Billy Graham. I don't know. Not trying to limit God here. What I want you to note with this question is, his final sentence, our answer. How do we answer the Lord? How do we answer the call? How do we answer what He created us to be? What do we do with that? And that's what I want you to dwell on today. We know that God has a plan to reach His people, right? And how does He want to reach them? Tickle them? Scare them to death? Some are. Some fear God. They, they don't want anything to do with them because they're afraid if they do that He might notice them. I've heard people talk like this. They don't see Him as a loving God. They see Him as an ogre, as a monster, as a, a, a universal... I'm just waiting to pounce on them. That's a sad place to be. You need to, you re, if that's you, you really need to get in the Bible and read it because you'll discover that God is a God of love. And He cares and He loves for us and He wants the best for us. We also know that His church, poke your neighbor and say, that's us. His church is the purpose. We're the purpose. Our, our, what we do here in this body and as we go out is defining the kingdom of God. When people look at you and me, they're either going to see God, they're going to see the kingdom, or they're going to go, what is that? In a bad way. We don't want that last part. We want them to look at us, at you and me, and say, wow, man, every time I get around, Nick, every time I get around you, man, besides that cool beard, man, I just love your, your, your persona. What's different about you? And you're able to say, man, I love Jesus. He's my Lord. And, and I serve him every day. And you can too. Let me show you how. That's our purpose. God designed the church to destroy the works of the enemy. You're going to hear more about this next Sunday because that was 
the, the key that God gave to Shannon was that I came to give you the authority to destroy the enemy rather than allowing him to destroy you. That's good preaching. You're going to hear more next week. Hopefully you'll hear more this morning. But So here's my question to everybody here, those watching online. Are you running from the call of God? Are you running from what He wants to do with you? Listen, I'd rather you disliked me today, but that it caused you to meditate on this topic, to discover your purpose, and later, once you've plugged in, to come back and say, man, am I glad you were hard on me that day. Rather than what I'm going to talk about today, and that is having the Lord say to you, throw that wicked, lazy servant into the fire. If I had a key scripture for this series, this would be it. And I love this. You've heard it a lot. And I I have it from two different versions. For we are God's, say that with me, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Now read that second part. The first one's the NLT. The second one is the TNIV. Ready? For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Look at your neighbor and say, you're beautiful. You're beautiful. And I, I might sound redundant here, but nobody in this room is a mistake. I can't get that across enough. That God has a plan and a purpose for your life. Yes, he does. You are a masterpiece in his hands. Yeah. Now, if, if, if I place myself in my own hands, what do I become? A mess. <laughs> but when I place myself in God's hands, I become a masterpiece. There is a difference. So the key is to what? Place yourself in God's hands. How simple. And yet, how many people do that? We want to hold on. We want to keep control of the ship that's going down quick. We don't want to let go. And God's just saying, would you just surrender? And give your life to me so that I can do with you what I want to do with you. And once you see what I want to do with you, you are going to be that masterpiece that I've created you to be. But as long as we keep hanging on to that and not letting go, Thank you, Jesus. God created you to do good works. And those works are going to help people find the kingdom, discover Jesus. 
the Christ in you and in me. That's what we were designed for. We need everybody to do what I'm talking about here. Not just one or two. Not just the handful. Everybody. And as such, you need to be placed where your masterpiece is best shown. There's a place for you. God had a plan for this church at the very beginning of creation. And when we figure out where we fit in, what we're supposed to do, nothing's going to be able to stop us. And here's the most important part. There are millions, if not billions, of people that need to hear about Jesus. They need to hear the the message of the good news. And we need to get it to them. And I, I just want you to know this. As your pastor, there's nothing I want more for every person that's here, those listening online, than to hear this. Because if you hear that, then that means that I did what I was supposed to do when I was here. If you don't hear that, then it means I shunned my duty and I didn't do what I was supposed to do while I was here. We're going to talk about this today. I want this message to sink in deep. I don't want you to be able to forget about it. I want it to be memorable because I think week after week after week we come in here, we hear a message, and we just walk out of here like, that was nice. And we forget it. And we go about our business, our business, not his, ours. There are few places where Jesus came down harder on his audience than what I'm going to share with you this morning. And I'm not going to go through all of it, but this is found in Matthew 23 through 25. And in these three chapters, which it's focusing somewhat on end times, but it's, it's also talking about when he returns for his church, for his bride. And there are numerous places in there that discuss different parts of that, like the ten virgins, for example. I encourage you, read this, meditate on this, these three chapters. This is where you'll find the the seven woes. (laughs) We don't want to be woed. We don't want Jesus to woe us. We want him to be in our corner, to be cheering us on. Come on, church. You've got a brighter day ahead. Who told you that it was going to be dark? The devil? Who are you going to listen to? You've got the light in you. Let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Come on. I wanted to start with Matthew 24 and, and, and verse 45. This is the reason 
because Jesus is discussing what it's going to be like when he returns and the fact that while he's gone, people are going to, well, just sort of forget what their purpose was. So let's read this. I'm going to put it up behind me uh, in the NLT, beginning with verse 45. A faithful, sensible servant is one to whom the master can give the responsibility of managing his other household servants and feeding them. If the master returns and finds that the servant has done a good job, there will be a reward. Note that part. I tell you the truth, the master will put that servant in charge of all he owns. All right, now let me stop briefly here just to say this. When we get to heaven, there are going to be places of authority that Jesus is going to put us in. We don't know what those places are going to be. Lori, you could be the mayor of a city or the governor of a state. I don't know. And I think, here's the thing, I think that we are going to be surprised at who ends up getting elevated and who ends up getting demoted. Because we look at it from a worldly perspective. God looks at it from a heavenly perspective. The humble will be raised those with pride will be reduced. Those with position will be lowered. Those who had no position will be raised. That's what we're going to see when we get to heaven. And there are definitely different places of authority that Jesus is going to put us in. Verse 47, I tell you the truth, the Master will put that servant in charge of all he owns. What does God own? (laughs) Do you get it? Do you get it? The church is going to govern all that God owns. How cool is that? You know, you might be a, a, a meager little supervisor somewhere at a factory, at a at a restaurant. But when you get to heaven, God's going to say, hey, come here. Come here. I got a good one for you. Mary, (laughs) I like like your sass. I'm going to put you over this province. Oh, glory to God. We have no clue what the Lord's going to do. But I believe it's directly going to be based on what we do here. Here. Verse 48, but what if the servant is evil and thinks, my master won't be back for a while? How many, your mom and dad went out when you were younger? (laughs) No, don't answer that. And he begins beating the other servants, partying and getting drunk. The master will return unannounced and unexpected and he will cut the servant to pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And I believe this is a direct reference to hell. That's where God says there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. It's outside of the kingdom of heaven. So, we're left with a choice. Are we in 
or are we out? Man, I hope you picked the in. I want to skip over uh, the ten virgins, but just let me say this, that if you look at those, what it's talking about is 50% of the people in, in this parable make it. They're prepared. 50% are not ready, and they are denied entrance. There are many theories on what that all means, but let me just say this. Let it be enough just to say, be ready. Be ready. What do you have to do to be ready? Well, we we're going to talk about that amazingly. All right? Oops. Let me back up. I'm going to stay there for a minute. I want to pay attention to Matthew 25, 14 and following. As you can see, this is the parable of the three servants. A parable is what? It's a short story with a special meaning, right? There's some hidden things in there, maybe. Sometimes Jesus is really clear about what it means. Other times, he actually hides it from some. But if you have the wisdom of God and the Holy Spirit is in you, you'll figure it out. The Holy Spirit will lead you into all truth. From the beginning, in Genesis... God wanted his people to increase. Go, multiply, he said, and subdue the earth. Take governance over it. You know, these people today that, that are uh, talking about climate change and all that stuff, there's nothing wrong with that as long as it doesn't go to an extreme. It's our job to take care of this planet. I don't know about you, but when I drive down a street and I'm on a, I'm on a, I just took a curve, a detour. But when I go down the street like I did the other day and I see something floating through the air like a bag, a plastic bag or whatever, that bothers me because this is our earth and we're supposed to take care of it. You know, we shouldn't be trying to blow it up. We shouldn't be trying to ruin our lakes. In fact, to the contrary, we... I like it. When I moved up here, I'd never seen a lake that you could actually see the bottom of, of the lake. Everything downstate was murky, and if you did happen to look down, it was muddy at the bottom. Here it's sand, and you, you can see through the water 10, 20 feet sometimes. Let's keep it that way. That's our job. It didn't end with Genesis. We're supposed to take care of it. That's just to decide. You'll probably hear more about that soon. Where was I? God provides us with everything we need to do the job He wants us to do. They're called gifts and talents, depending on what version you look at. We're all given a gift or a talent. All of us. Every single person has at least one. And what are we supposed to do with that? gift or talent. We're supposed to, this is where the, the fun word comes in, we're supposed to propagate the gospel. Which means to reproduce by natural means or to multiply from our parent stock. Now, I look out here and, and like I see the Cumpers. 
And I love you guys because, man, there's a tribe. And, you know, it, it starts with mom and dad and then the kids and then with their kids and then with their kids. Yeah, your kids are going to have kids someday. It's coming. Uh, and what a joy. But what you put in them, what you propagated in them, is what's going to come out. And, and it'll be 20 and 30 and 40 and 50 years later. What you and Lois put in them is going to come out. God bless you guys. And all of us should feel that way. We should see the responsibility of what God's given us and say, look, I can't, I've got to use what I've got. And if you don't have any kids or grandkids, go to the school and say, hey, do you need somebody maybe to mentor some of these kids in the afternoon? Adopt some of them. I don't know how you do that, but use what you've got. But let's propagate the gospel. Let's lead people to Jesus. And when we reproduce the gospel, this is the best part, the Master rewards us. Hallelujah. The Master. Let me say this real quick. In the, in the times that Jesus walked the earth, servants had different roles than what we might think of today. Some had very high roles. They, they actually were given a lot of authority. Not all of them. There were some laborers. And what I'm getting at is this. When we look at this, the three servants, I want you to remember that these guys weren't just like out there digging trenches. These were the guys telling others to dig the trenches. God wants to give us responsibility. Are we going to take it? Are we going to do what God wants us to do, or are we just going to sit? You know what? When I say we're going to sit on our laurels, you know what that means? Your laurels are your, your, your claims, your, all the great things you've done. You know, some of us, we've done some great things in our life, past tense, and now we're just sitting on them. We're just waiting for Jesus to come back. No! You ain't done until you're done. And if you're done, Jesus is going to call you home. So until you're with him, then you better be doing things for him. Hallelujah. That's good preaching again, I think. I'm going to skip that part. Let's get right into this. Parable of the three servants, Matthew 25, 14 to 30. Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. So here's Jesus once again saying, all right, somebody's going to be gone for a while. Hmm. Who do you think he's talking about? And he entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. He then left on his trip. Just to point out the obvious. Point number one. Say it with me. Everyone has a gift or talent. Everyone. We all have at least one. Does some have more? Yes. He just said that. Point two. 
everyone has a substantial amount. Now, in this parable, uh, what he's talking about here would have been enough to hire a hundred day laborers for a year. What could you do with a hundred day laborers? Man, you'd have your house clean, wouldn't you? Your cars would be waxed a hundred times over. I mean, I could go on and on. I'll stop there. But what we have, what God has given us, is plentiful. He didn't just give us a little bite-sized chunk and say, here, go, go use this, and then I'll give you some more. He gave us an abundance. Some of you are like, I don't see it. Then you don't know yourself. And that's why I keep saying, you've got to meditate on this. You've got to seek the Holy Spirit and say, what do I have? Teach me. Show me. The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earn five more. The servant with two bags, man, I want this guy to take over my retirement portfolio. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. Uh Uh-oh. We're going to get back to him. After a long time, everybody say a long time. After a long time, their master returned from his trip, and he called them to give an account. Everybody in the kingdom of God is going to give... I don't necessarily like accountants, but they're necessary. If you're an accountant, please don't take that personal. Anybody that loves numbers is kind of weird. That's just how it is. I still love them. One of my best friends was an accountant. Now he's a missionary, and we support him in Indonesia, Scott Thompson. Love that guy. But man, when he talked numbers to me, it was like, Scott. Stop. Just tell me what I need to do, man. He came to give them an account. He said, I want an account of how you used my money. Whose money? Uh, you know, this is a trip up for a lot of people right here because I earned it. Really? Everything we have is from the ground. And it was done by these hands, this brain, these feet, the food that we eat. Who created all that? And you still think it's yours? You explain that to the master. You explain it. You aren't going to win the argument either. You won't. No, he's created everything. And this is the coolest part of the kingdom. When the Lord said, here's what I want you guys to do. You take the tenth, and you give that to me, the very first fruit. You give me that, and the other 90 is yours, and I'll even multiply that so you'll have more than what you originally had if you'd kept all 100%. That's the kind of God we serve. But you've got to trust him to do that. And there are some who haven't figured that out yet. So he returned. He wanted an accounting. And the first two, I mean, 
This is where I want to be. This is where I want you to be. All right? You ready for this? The servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest in. I have earned five more. Woohoo! Man, he's just waiting for that gold star. The good master. The good master. Is Jesus a bad master? Mm. The good master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Let's partay together. Oh, I'm so looking forward to this. When my days are exhausting, I think about this. I'm going to celebrate with him. Everything that was accomplished while we were here. Second guy. Wasn't given as much, but he still did well. The servant who had received the two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest, and I have earned two more. The master said, Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Poke your neighbor and say, Many more responsibilities. This is what I'm talking about. This is the the heavenly side of what God's going to do with His church. When we get there, we're not just going to be sitting there going, is it time to worship Jesus yet? We're going to have stuff to do. I don't know what it's going to look like exactly. The Bible isn't explicit. But I do know this, it's going to be amazing. And we are going to be given positions of authority in His kingdom. Hallelujah. Let's celebrate together. He says it again. Oh, what do you want to hear? You want to hear let's celebrate together? Absolutely. Man, I'm with you. All right, that's the fun part. Point number three, everyone has who has, everyone who has will be given more. Hmm. You will reap what you sow. What you plant, you will reap. The more you give, the more you get. And this isn't some hyper-spiritual prosperity gospel. This is the gospel. And we're going to celebrate. Point number four. Everyone will be judged according to his or her works. Everyone. Good or bad, you'll be judged. Now, I don't even like reading this part. Holy Spirit, just move on us today. If it's me, show me. Lord, if, I, if I've been lacking, show me. Because I want to hear, well done not the other. Lord, teach us today. Then the servant with one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant, gathering crops you didn't cultivate. What a bunch of mumbo-jumbo. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here's your money back. 
But the master replied, You wicked and lazy servant, if you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest. For everything we do, there's going to be a consequence. Reward or judgment? Then he ordered, take the money from this servant, give it to the one with the ten bags of silver. Again, the one who has much will be given more. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant into outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Direct reference to hell. In the the next part of this passage, it talks about, Lord, when did we do this? And he went into, when you give a cup of cold water to someone, you do it as unto me. When you went and spent time with the the ladies in the jail on Wednesday night, you ministered to me. Read it. I shared this last week, another quote from Oz Guinness, the trouble is that as modern people we have too much to live with and too little to live for. This floored me. That's why I'm sharing it again. We, the the Western world, especially the United States, we're so wealthy, we're rich, What are we doing with what we have? Are we all in-focused, inward-focused? Or are we using what we have to the glory of God? Are we trying to reach people with the good news of Jesus? Are we allowing the Holy Spirit to guide us on a daily basis to say, Norm, when you get up today, this is what I want you to do. Look for this opportunity. As I begin to close, I want you to ask this question. Would you stand with me? Am I the first or the second servant? (laughs) Oh, I pray that you are. I pray that you are. I want you to take this home. This is your homework. Am I the first or second servant? Have I been using my gifts or talents, whatever you want to call it, the resources God has given me, am I using them to his glory? Whether I have one talent or two or five, it doesn't matter. God's not expecting any more from you than what he's given you, but if you don't use the thing he's given you, Throw that useless servant into outer darkness 
where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's not what I want for you. Ask yourself, am I the first or the second servant or am I the lazy servant? Have I buried my gift? Have I buried my talent? You know, I don't want anybody getting puffed up here. Maybe you've got a talent and you've been using it like crazy for the Lord, but what if God gave you more than one and you've been sitting on another? So don't be thinking too highly of yourself until you make sure. (laughs) Homework. Lord, do I have other gifts I don't know about that I haven't observed? Are there things people have called out in me and I've just sort of ignored those because they didn't really fit what I wanted to do. That can happen. You may think one gift is your primary gift when in actuality that's secondary to what God really has for you. And unless you ask, you're not going to know. Don't be so bullheaded and stubborn that you go through this life going, I know what I'm supposed to do. (laughs) Stop. Get on your face before the Lord and say, what have you created me for? What is my purpose? What gifts have you given me that you want me to use to see your kingdom grow? And if you get a hold of that knowledge in your spirit, Oh, look out. You are going to be so excited, so full of the Holy Ghost, we aren't going to be able to hold you down because you're going to be where you're supposed to be, right where God designed you to be. Does this make sense? Is it resonating with you, I hope? We're going to keep going at this, but this is your homework this week, all right? Ask the Lord, am I the first or the second servant, or am I the third? And if you're the last one, what do you do? Repent. (laughs) R-E-P-E-N-T. Repent of your sin. Well, is that a sin not to use my gift? They're going to hell, do you think? If you don't use what God has given you, it is a sin. Come on. Repent and say, Lord, reintroduce me to you. (laughs) Help me to discover or rediscover who I am and what you made me to be. Every eye closed. At home, if, if you're together, just shut your eyes just for a moment. It's between you and the Lord. I only ask for clarity. But if you're here today and you'd say, I really need to do this. I really need to figure out what God has for me, what my purpose is, what my talents are. If that's you, would you just lift your hand up? Thank you. Thank you. Hands are going up all over the room. You can put them down. Thanks for being honest. And listen, if, if you're already there, you've already discovered gift one, gift two, talent one, talent two, whatever you want to call it, don't cut yourself short here. 
please take this week and say, Lord, are there others? The Bible uses five, uh, uh, five, two, and one, but there could be more. You could have many more if you're a really creative person. Ask the Lord, what do you want me to do with what you've given me? And then say this, finish, finish out your daily prayers with this. Lord, I want to hear this. And say this with me. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Say this. Lord, I want to hear this. Well done, my good and faithful servant. What do I have to do to hear that? That's simple. I'm going to leave you with that this week. If there's anybody here that needs the Lord or needs prayer, uh, I'm going to be up here. Um, be happy to pray with you for you. Father, we again are at the end of this message. But Lord, don't let it stop here. Don't let it end here. Just let this be the beginning of something, Lord. Uh, you, the thing you're looking for the most with us is relationship. That we would get to know you intimately. You already know us intimately and we're yielding to you today saying, Lord, what were we made for? What is our purpose? What have you created me to do? And Lord, what are my gifts and talents that I might use them to your glory? Teach us, show us this week, Lord, as we come together with you in prayer. And Lord, if there are any here today that don't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, this is all you have to do. Is just ask the Lord to forgive you of your sins, to make you a new person, and then begin doing what the Bible tells you to do. And if you have questions, see me, write me at norm at gaylordchurch.com. I'd be happy to answer your questions. If you're here today and you want to talk, I'm here. Now, Father, as we leave this place with all this packed into our noggins, in our spirit man, our spirit woman. Help us to unpack it when we get home, to meditate on it, Matthew 23 through 25. And Lord, keep us safe in our coming and our going. Get us home safe. We pray this all in Jesus' name. And everybody said. Next week, don't forget, amazing. I don't know what the Lord's going to do, but it's going to be awesome. Join us. And then uh, the 14th, this guy. Love you. Have a great week.